homily for the third Sunday of Lent. St. Mary's Church, Grand Forks, March 24th, 2019. The parables of Jesus are masterpieces. Because they were stories and not just dry lectures, they rivet our attention. Most of the parables in the Gospels are relatively short. They don't drone on and on. Despite their brevity, though, they paint an intricate picture. The Lord does so much with so little in his parables. And nowhere is that more the case than what we heard today. The parables of Christ are more than stories. They are our stories. They speak to our hearts and cause us to identify ourselves in the characters, literally reeling us in. We are introduced first to the owner of an orchard. He's not much different from the rest of us. As a businessman, he becomes discouraged to find a fig tree barren for the third straight year. And like I suppose most of us would do, he gripes about it. The thing is that the landowner is a pretty sympathetic character. He doesn't strike us as an unreasonable tyrant. His dissatisfaction is sensible because there is an objective problem with this fig tree. It looks fine from a distance, lush, green, and tall, but there isn't a fig to be found on it. The tree deceives him, and is a sort of contradiction, because it's both alive and dead. A fig tree that produces no fruit fails to accomplish its one distinguishing characteristic. Look at it this way. If you had a can opener in your kitchen that was unable to open any cans, what would you do with it? The orchard owner is not only upset at a lost opportunity for profit, he laments that a fruitless fig tree is an unnatural thing. This reminds us that bearing good fruit, such as practicing virtues and keeping the commandments, are as necessary in the life of a Christian as honey is to the bee. The landowner had given that tree plenty of chances and now pronounces his death sentence upon it. Next enters the gardener. Out of respect, he doesn't belittle his boss, but he does have a different idea. What if we give it one more year, he tells him. It's not much extra work, and I don't mind doing it at all. If by this time next year there are figs on that tree, you'll think back on your frustration and laugh it off. You'll be pleased with what it has produced. We hear the gardener and think to ourselves, gosh, he makes a lot of sense too. I hope he gets his way. And then we come to the critical question. Who is Jesus in this parable? And who are we? We receive a compelling vision from God today. How patient he truly is with us. How insistent he is that there is so much more to us than our sinfulness and failures. How tenderly God cultivates the ground and nourishes us, his trees, with his grace. We cannot deny Christ's abounding love, the hope he implants in us, or his desire that we not perish but are saved. But let's not forget how today's parable ends. The gardener says, it may bear fruit in the future. If not, you can cut it down. The verdict is delayed, but not denied. Every one of us will someday stand before God as our judge with the record of our lives as an open book before him. We don't know exactly when, 
but it most certainly will happen. And when it does, we will not have any eraser to take to that book, no delete button to press. Every day of our lives adds a page to the story. But that's a devastating thought if in our minds God only plays the role of executioner and not defense attorney. Doesn't it make more sense to weave the commandments of God, the mercy of God, into our stories? So how do we strike the right balance? On one hand, not limiting the depth of God's mercy, while on the other hand, not taking his call to conversion for granted. It requires, first of all, overcoming our tendencies to impatience. In a world of high-speed internet connections, microwave ovens, and 75-mile-per-hour interstate highways, we always seem to be moving through life faster and faster. We could become like the bosses at television networks that introduce new programs in the fall with great fanfare and excitement, only to cancel them quickly if they draw poor ratings. We take the axe in hand, ready to swing and level the sickly trees. That being said, we also need to guard against laziness and negligence in ourselves. Those who think of God's mercy and dismiss his justice play a dangerous game. They draw from his generosity but refuse to spread it. What more can we do for God and our neighbor that we have not done? for no other reason than that we chose not to do it. The Holy Spirit is our advocate today, and today is the one thing on which we know we can rely. Consider the example of Moses. Here was a man who had life by the tail, a loving family, honest, stress-free work, a tranquil lifestyle. Moses was set. But on encountering God in today's first reading, he realized that an enormous mission awaited him. God asked Moses to lead a mighty nation, his countrymen, out from under the oppressive rule of Pharaoh and their consignment to slavery. God revealed himself by a new name, translated as I am who am. This name conceals more than it reveals, and for good reason. No one attribute sums up the nature of God. This is one reason why, in referring to the persons of the Trinity, we use the titles Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Their relationship taps into their essence, more so than one manifestation of power at some stage of history. Understandably, Moses was terrified upon hearing God's voice and seeing an unconsumed bush on fire. Yet like a child who peeks through his fingers with which he is covering his eyes, Moses wanted to know God and began to engage God in the conversation that would change him and his life forever. Whenever we come to the season of Lent, the church reminds us that God has given us another chance to hear his voice and respond to his grace, to make the most of this one more year he has given us. Let's not allow another day to pass without bearing good fruit. Amen.